0: Good morning, everyone. Uh, I'm sorry not to be able to see you. and I'm very sorry that we're not able to meet together as a church, but uh, we can still have God with us. And it's been my prayer that we would and we can still worship him and listen to his word. Children, I um, hope that you might have received a sheet that I sent out uh, on the church email system uh, to help you with listening. I hope it will be a help. Uh, helping you to listen to what we hear preached from the Bible now. So if you've got that sheet, now's your time to uh, get looking at it and get it, get filling it in. If you haven't, well, maybe you could print it off afterwards. Just listen now and afterwards you could fill it in and that might help you see what you remember and what you understand from what you hear preached. And then if your parents could get that to me over WhatsApp or email or drop it in the door here at the church, then I'll see if I can uh, get round to you with a little price. I don't know what yet. I don't know. Hopefully better than just a stick of celery, something. Uh, don't expect too much, but I'll see what I can do. Well, last week, I, I don't know if you if you know that last week we started a new series in Isaiah. But even though we've only just started it, I did think today we would take a break from the series due to us having suddenly had to stop meeting together and be put in lockdown again. We seem, don't we, to have had a particularly unstable last couple of years. Uh, There seem to have been quite a few occasions in the news when we've heard of terrorist attacks where people have lost their lives in the most ordinary and unpredictable circumstances. And then our politics seem to have been really unstable, most obviously Brexit and American presidential elections. But other examples, it's, it's really seemed uncertain. On the bigger scale, we're told in the long term, we face massive uncertainty uh, due to the way we're damaging the environment and the threat that may be to the whole planet and life on it. Is there big uh, Long term uncertainty there. Some of us personally have had big uncertainty as we've had unexpected change come in our families, our workplaces, our our circumstances personally. And then most obviously, well, this year it's just turned our lives upside down, hasn't it? It's funny to think that it's only 10 or 11 days ago that we discovered we were going into tier two in Charnwood. And then just a couple of days after that, we discover actually we're going into national lockdown. Life has become very unpredictable. And in that sort of situation, uh, what do we need when we're faced with such uncertainty? What do we need to give us security? Security. Well, here's one thing we need. We need that God is unchanging. Would you come with me, please, to Malachi, chapter three, verse six, Malachi, chapter three, verse six. If you don't find it easy to remember where those minor prophets are, this one's easy. It's the very last one. This is the very last book of the Old Testament, Malachi, chapter three, verse six. I, the Lord, do not change, so you, O descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. This phrase is in a context, it's in a historical situation, but it's also a statement that stands on its own as true. And so we are not, this morning, going to spend much time at all looking at what surrounds it. We're just going to get straight into thinking about this statement itself. I remember in my own Bible reading years ago coming across this phrase, this verse, and it really struck me. Because I knew I needed God to be loving and wise and powerful and good. I knew I needed that. But I hadn't thought before just how much I needed God to be unchanging. That this is essential for us, that God is unchanging. So this morning, I want us to see how we need God to be unchanging, be reassured that he is unchanging. And this will involve thinking more about what God is like. So I also want us to be bowing down in worship as we think of how different from us God is. Let's do that by going through ways God is unchanging and each one will lead on to the next one. I, the Lord, do not change. So you, O descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. What does that mean? Firstly, God does not change his character. God doesn't change his character. People change. Uh, Do you have changeable, unpredictable people in your life? Some people are very moody. People change moods. Now, just imagine you've got something to say to someone And it's someone who tends to be moody. And what happens? Well, you have to try to figure out, is this the right person? Is this the right time to say it? I'd better get the right time to say this thing, because if he's in a good mood, everything will be fine. If he's in a bad mood, oh, I'm going to be in big trouble. Moods and tempers really make life very difficult. That's one of the reasons that the Bible emphasizes that godliness includes self-control. You can read that, for example, in Titus. It's like God to be self-controlled and it makes life very difficult to be unself-controlled, moody and full of temper. People change moods. People change over time. Here's an unusual example. Children, here's a, here's a, a strange story that gives a rather extreme example. There was a man called Phineas Gage and his job must have been over a 100 years ago, was digging out the way for railways. You know, when they're going to build a railway, he had to dig out the way ready. And they had to blast their way through hillsides because trains don't go over hills. They go through them. And he was part of doing that. And they would have dynamite to blast the rocks and he would have to pack the dynamite in with a metal rod. And once when he was doing this, something went wrong. And the dynamite exploded and the metal rod he was packing it in with, it shot through his head. And the reason why he became famous is, amazingly, somehow he survived. It didn't kill him, but it completely changed his personality. I don't know if he was bad tempered before and became really kind after, or if he'd been really kind and became really cruel, but he completely changed what he was like. Because he had a metal rod fire through his head. Now, that's an extreme example. But many have found something less dramatic, but still hard to live with. When maybe a spouse gets dementia and that spouse's personality changes and you feel like you're married to a different person. People change. Have you thought what it would be like if God were like this? If God... Had moods. One day he gets out of bed on the wrong side and he just decides, I'm going to just blast a whole load of people because I'm just feeling irritable. Or if he had days when I'm just having an unloving sort of day, you've got to give me an unloving sort of day sometimes. Or if God gradually changed over time, think of how long God has lived for. If he just a tiny bit changed each year, how disastrous. He could eventually become weak and grumpy. Do you see why verse six says, I, the Lord, do not change. So you, O descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. It would destroy us if God were changeable. But his character does not change. How can we be sure? Well, because it tells us here in verse six that God doesn't change. The Bible repeatedly tells us he doesn't change. And we can be sure this applies to his character. Because if his character could be improved, he wouldn't be perfect. And if his character could get worse, he would no longer be perfect. But the Bible insists he is holy. He is pure. He is good. He is perfect. And his love endures forever. He doesn't change his character. We can also be sure of this. I want us to think a bit more about what God is like. We can also be sure of this because God is the creator. Not a creature. He is independent. Not like us creatures. We are totally dependent. Children, what do you depend on to keep alive? Oh, well, you depend on air to breathe and food and drink and you depend on God. Or well, what about this? What do you depend on to be able to run a marathon? Oh, well, you need enough food. You need it depends on where in the aging process you are. It depends on the state of your body. It depends on some less obvious things like having a planet Earth to run on and like gravity and friction working. What does your personality depend on? Well, a whole load of things like uh, your nature. What did you inherit from your parents? Your nurture. What have you experienced so far? We are all the time completely dependent on all sorts of things. And can you try to imagine God is completely independent? He doesn't need anything. Here's my verse for this. I've got a verse for each point this morning. Here's my verse for this one. Apart from Malachi 3, there's Psalm 102. Psalm 102, verse 25 to 27. Speaking to God, it says, in the beginning, you laid the foundations of the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain." They will all wear out like a garment, like clothing. You will change them and they will be discarded. But you remain the same and your years will never end. Created things grow old and wear out because they are dependent. They depend on food, drink, the laws of nature. But the creator doesn't change because he depends on nothing. He needs nothing. Interestingly, Hebrews quotes those verses in Psalm 102 and says they're about Jesus. And then later says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Now, isn't this reason to bow down in awe before God? He doesn't need anyone. He doesn't need anything. How totally different from us he is. But we need to think about that in a slightly different way. We need to think a bit more about this. He doesn't change in his character because we could get the wrong impression. It it could make God sound really unattractively impersonal. You see, the problem is we have to go by our experience and our experience is so limited. In our experience, what changes and what doesn't? Well, people change. They get happy. They get sad. They laugh. They cry. That's, that's the experience of relationship. Rocks don't change. Do they sound friendly? They're not friendly when you fall on them, are they? Because they don't change. They don't give way. They're hard and unfriendly and impersonal. And it could sound like God's like that when I say he doesn't change, but he's no unfeeling stone. He is described in the Bible repeatedly as feeling. I'll just give you two examples. Back in the summer, we were in a series in the evening in Hosea. And in Hosea, God says, my heart is changed within me. My compassions are aroused. Or an opposite example, Psalm 2. is about the Lord Jesus. And we've already heard that he's unchanging. It says his wrath can flare up in a moment. What's going on there? Well, his wrath can flare up in a moment, but he's not angry because he's in a bad mood. He's not compassionate because he's having a good day. He always hates sin. He always is holy. He always is love. He always is good. Sin arouses his anger. Human need arouses his compassion. So God is in a dynamic living relationship with us. But it's not based on a changing mood or a changing character. And that means, unlike with moody people, we can rely on God. We know where we are with him. He is, in a sense, predictable. Because he always acts according to his unchanging character. I, the Lord, do not change. So you, O descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Let's see a second way. By the way, that first way was the longest because it really determines all the others. The second way follows. God does not change his mind. Children, uh, what would you like to be when you're older? I'm sure you've got some ideas, haven't you? What job would you like to do? Can you think of some ideas? I'm sure you've got some. Now, there are loads of people today. If you notice, there are loads of people who are accountants and there are loads of people who are project managers. Do you reckon when they were five, they wanted to be accountants? Do you reckon all those people when they were eight years old thought what I want to be when I'm older is a project manager? I doubt it. They might have done, but I doubt it. What happened? Well, they changed their minds. Why did they change their mind? Well, maybe they wanted to be a pirate, but then they found out that wasn't realistic. There's not much money to be made in being a pirate these days. Or maybe they found that they didn't have the ability to be a Premier League footballer. Or maybe they found they could make more money being an accountant. Or maybe they just realised over time that they weren't so keen as they thought on being a hairdresser. You see, we're always changing our minds because we find out new, unexpected information. Or something comes to our attention that we didn't know before. What a disaster it would be if God changed his mind because he discovered some new information. Can you imagine God saying, I'm not going to save those people anymore because they've turned out to be an ungrateful, grumbling pain in the neck. But it's not going to happen. Because God always knew what an ungrateful, grumbling pain in the neck we are. And yet he still loved us and determined to save us. My verse for this is Isaiah 46, verse 10. Isaiah 46, verse 10. I am God and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. You see there it's saying God is totally different from us because he knows everything in advance and therefore he doesn't change his mind. His purpose will stand. We're again discovering God is so different from us. We should bow in awe before the one who is never caught out by anything. Never gets new information come to him that he didn't know before. Now, again, we need to think carefully about this, because, again, it could make God sound very off-putting. It could make it sound like, again, he's unfeeling and he never feels sad about things that happen. And so I want to bring to your attention again a couple of verses. We won't turn to them. I'll just tell you about them. They might be verses that trouble you. What does this verse mean? Genesis 6, the time of Noah's flood. It says that God saw the wickedness of humans. And it says he repented of making man. How strange. God repented, changed his mind. Sounds like. Or Jonah 3. Children, you know the story of Jonah, I'm sure, don't you? That strange prophet swallowed by a whale, didn't want to go and do what God said. But eventually he did. And he went to Nineveh, to that wicked city and told them, you are going to be destroyed. But the wicked people repented. And then the, Jonah 3 says a strange thing. It says God repented of the punishment he'd said he would bring on them. Now, what's going on there? Does it mean God changes his mind? Well, the first thing you should notice is it must be using the word repent differently from when we repent, because we repent of sin and God never sins. So the word's being used differently here. It doesn't mean God's been caught out by some unexpected turn of events and changed his mind. It means in Genesis 6, he saw the wickedness of people and he was sad about it. He didn't just say, well, I knew it all already. I'm not too bothered. I've got this all under control. He was sad about it and decided to punish. It means when he saw the Ninevites repent. Oh, he was glad. He was glad about the way they repented and decided not to punish, which was why he'd sent them a prophet in the first place to prompt that. He wasn't caught out by something unexpected. It's telling us the unchanging God is not like an unchanging computer. What's a computer like? I don't know much about them, but I think I'm right in this. A computer doesn't have feelings. It's just you put an input in and the machine does its work and an output comes out. Is it like that with God? You put if the input is sin, the output is punishment. If the input is repentance, the output is mercy. No, he's not like some computer. He's personal and feeling and he's sad over sin and he loves and enjoys mercy and he's revealed best in his son Jesus who went to the cross so reliably Without ever changing his mind as he went, he saw human sin and it aroused his anger and he saw human need and it aroused his compassion. But it wasn't new and unexpected to him. And so he kept going without changing his mind to the cross to save needy sinners from that sin. I, the Lord, do not change. So you, O descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Thirdly means God does not change his word. God does not change his word. Children, has anyone ever promised you something and then not done it? Sadly, I expect you've experienced that because it's a really common thing and it's a sad thing. Maybe someone at school has said, oh, share your crisps with me today. And I promise tomorrow I'll bring my crisps and share them with you. And tomorrow comes and they don't. Really annoying. People are so unreliable. What a disaster if God were like that. But our verse says, I, the Lord, do not change. So you, O descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed because his character doesn't change because his mind doesn't change. It follows his word doesn't change. And my verse for that is Ezekiel twenty-four fourteen. Ezekiel 24, verse 14. I am the Lord. I have spoken. It shall come to pass. I will do it. Um, By the way, for those who are looking it up, I'm quoting there from the ESV. It's got a helpful translation of that verse. I am the Lord. I have spoken. It shall come to pass. I will do it. He's given his word. I will send my son and he's done it. He's given his word. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And they will. He's given his word. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And he won't. He won't leave you nor forsake you. Our lives depend on God not changing his words. And that brings us to the conclusion. The conclusion is told us by our verse. So you, O descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Now, I hope you've seen we would be destroyed if God were changeable. Life would be impossible if we had a God who changes and is unreliable. Nothing would be reliable. But we can also be more specific about how this applies to us. And this is where we are to to finish this morning, going to have a little look at the context. Well, at least... You'll have to rely on me telling you about the context. Then you can read it for yourself afterwards. Our verse comes from Malachi 3. And the people in the days of Malachi were sinning. They were treating God as if he were a charity case. Who could just be given the leftovers. And we'll, we'll do what we want and then give God the time and attention left over. We'll have the best from our crops and, and, and our produce and we'll give God the leftovers. God's a charity case. And here in our verse, God calls them Jacob. Descendants of Jacob. He's saying, you're just like your father, Jacob. What was Jacob like? Children, do you know the story of Esau and Jacob? Do you know what Jacob was like? He was a trickster. How far would he go to trick someone and get what he wanted? Oh, he'd even disguise himself before his blind old father and trick his father into giving him more money. What a selfish man. And God here says to these people, you're just like your father, Jacob, but you're also children of Jacob in this sense. I gave my word that the children of Jacob would be my people and I would be their God. Because I don't change, you can rely on that promise. Now, chapter three says I'm going to discipline you. I'm going to teach you the hard way because you haven't listened when I've spoken the easy way. But you won't be destroyed. You won't be abandoned. You won't lose my love because I don't change my character, my mind or my word. And I've given you my promise. Now, the Christian, the person trusting Jesus has something very similar. It doesn't depend on a relationship with Jacob. It depends on a relationship with Jesus. God has given his promise to all who are trusting Jesus as saviour and following him as Lord. Maybe that's not you yet. But if you turn now to trust Jesus as saviour and follow him as Lord, he includes you in his promise. And he promises, yes, if you sin, I'll discipline you. If you don't listen, I'll teach you the hard way. But you won't be destroyed. Never. Never. You won't be abandoned. Never. I'm treating you as my child. So I'll discipline you when necessary, but I'll never throw you out of the family. Nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, your Lord. And that promise won't change because I, the Lord, do not change. To get back to the beginning of this message, there is our security in this uncertain, unpredictable world and life we find ourselves in. I must very briefly, but very importantly, finish with this though. A few minutes ago I quoted Exodus 24. I am the Lord, I have spoken, it shall come to pass, I will do it. If you were to read Exodus 24, you'd find that that verse is spoken about God punishing people who refuse to turn to him, who refuse to turn from their sins and trust him, who wouldn't trust him and do what he says. If that is you. Then you are in dire need. You need to change. You need to trust God and do what he says, because he does not change. He does not change that word of warning. It still stands. And so if you don't change. You will punish you.